0: 39,000 feet, and feeling miserable. My eyes burn, my butt is numb. I'm scrunched, trying to be thin. Is there a secret to flying that I haven't figured out? This is Retirement Talk. I'm Dal Lowry. We retired folks can recall when flying was a luxury. We would put on some very nice clothes, look forward with excitement to the trip, and marvel at air power. Western Airlines was flying out of Alaska in the 1970s. They offered a triangle flight out of Anchorage that went to Seattle, San Francisco, or Los Angeles. For another $10, you could book a return flight through Hawaii. $10! Of course, you could stop as long as you wanted in Hawaii. They also served food, a good choice, from three entrees on real plates, and it was an entire meal, including fresh bread, salad, and a dessert. They used real glasses and filled them with complimentary wine or champagne. And even more important, the seats were large enough, and there was room enough for your legs and your overhead bag. Times have changed, Today I'm crowded on a plane that was overbooked. There's no legroom. The seats are so narrow that everyone walking down the aisle bumps into my shoulders. And my friends think of me as skinny. For food, I'm offered a tiny bag of pretzels. I can buy something that they refer to as a sandwich if I have a credit card. My grandchildren just arrived from Alaska a few weeks ago. They didn't have a credit card. All they had was cash. It wasn't accepted on board the flight. They had nothing to eat. They're just kids. The airlines don't discriminate. They'll treat anyone badly. And, of course, we need to pay extra if we wish to bring a suitcase with us. The rate can vary according to airlines. If I want to extend my flight in any way, shape, or form, I first need to pay them anywhere from 100 to $250 just for the privilege of changing the ticket then I will need to pay the extra fare. Of course, on top of all that other stuff, I am practically strip-searched at the gate. Off come the shoes, empty my pockets, take off my belt, take off my hat, turn all of my belongings over to an X-ray machine, and stand under the glare of several armed security people, people who are big enough to enforce most laws, and yet, to my aging eyes, appear young enough to still be in school." Now they have taken it one step further, with full-body scans. A friend of mine just flew in and related her story of escaping the full-body scan. She just had new knees put in that set off metal detectors, so she was directed to a glass-walled room and given a full pat-down by hand. What a treat. Of course, she is a grandmother, 70 years old. I suppose she fits the profile of a... Terrorist. I recall a flight to Anchorage for Christmas holiday when Brenda and I both contracted the flu bug. We spent our entire two-week trip with high fevers, throwing up and laying in a darkened room. Oh, what fun! And my grandchildren, when they returned from their recent visit, also became sick, as did their dad. It all seems suspicious to me. Now a book, entitled Heat, by George Mamiot tells me that flying is one of the most environmentally damaging things we can do. Airplanes are doing incredible damage to the atmosphere, he says. It takes more energy to fly from one place to the other than any other form of transportation, by far. He claims these love trips to see grandchildren, have to stop. Environmental tourism is an oxymoron. You do environmental damage just by the act of traveling. You don't help the environment. You damage it in a big way. No, we don't hear much about this in the press. No one wants to hear it. The airlines certainly don't want to lose customers and money, and most of us don't want to give up the pleasures of a trip. We rationalize, It reminds me of the ill effects of smoking and the press. The studies were in, and the damage was well verified, but there was little admission or concern to most of us. There was money to be made, and a lot of people liked to smoke, just like a lot of people liked to travel. I know I don't have to go, I don't have to fly. I can just sit at home and play my guitar, drink coffee at the local coffee shops, and exercise in my own neighborhood. That sounds very good to me at the moment. But we always find reasons. We don't want to admit it. That for us, the time for exotic travel may be a thing of the past. I wrote the following few lines in a beautiful condo just south of Porto Viarte, Chinas. The water smashes against the sand and rocky beaches below. The blue water and sky can be seen running together endlessly out our walls of windows. Pelicans fly overhead. The condo is all white with high ceilings. Lazy fans run in every room. Earth red tile cover the floors. Mexican music plays on the stereo, not loud enough to drown out the crashing surf. Twelve straight hours of sleep has restored energy to my body, and I am so glad we came. What a marvel air travel is! I wrote that maybe ten years ago. My wife is starting to hesitate longer and longer between suggesting trips. It just doesn't seem like it is worth it anymore. She knows there will be resistance. This is Retirement Talk with something to think about. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, contact Dell at retirementtalk.org.